Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. for a fiver comes around again but once more the punters are left feeling short changed welcome to Charlton Live So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, coming to you live from the Valley. Uh, on your Sunday evening, my name is Louis Mendes uh, in the studio to help me look back at yesterday's 2-0 home defeat against Blackburn Rovers over uh, on my right-hand side, a man who has survived Storm Dennis, uh, Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, all right. Yeah? I guess. Yeah. Yesterday weren't much fun, you, you, was it, are, we, are you wishing the game was sort of called off? It would have been nice. Yeah. yeah, I think I would have preferved that. But no, I'm all right. I'm yeah. all right. And a man who survived many storms in his in his years. <laughs> you know, I wonder where you was going. With yeah, <laughs> so I, was, I was curious. Yeah, over on my left hand side, Terry Smith. I didn't tell. Yeah, right, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm all right. Yeah, it's just it's just another game where everybody thinks we're going to win and we don't. Yeah. <laughs> Anything lost to the storm? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, no, no I think the, the hair's still on and everything's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's clinging on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bit like mine. See, but I, I'm I'm uh, disappointed because my my oh, wall yes, blew out. Not only oh, right. not only did we lose yesterday, I got home to find find the storm had blown over my wall. 
That does imply bad yeah. workmanship. I don't. I don't mind. Yeah. Did you put it up? In nah, the first place? nah. No, it, it wouldn't have stood this long if I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so pretty bad day all round yesterday. So we'll we'll look Tell back at yesterday's two uh, 0 uh, defeat against Blackburn Rovers. You'll be pleased to hear that we haven't got any highlights <laughs> because there's something there was something wrong with value pass in the first half, and I had the decision of will I do I want to use a Blackburn bias commentary and play that or just go without and having listened to it I was like no nah, this didn't cheer me up in any way so we'll, we'll go without it so no highlights but we'll talk about the game uh, of course we'll hear from Lee Bowyer uh, have his uh, views on yesterday's performance uh, we want to know what you guys made of it as well you can get in touch with this evening so you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, you can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Life forum to have your say there's a thread on there for this evening's show let us know what you made of the performance uh, anyone you thought stood out, good or bad? Um, were, were there any other disappointments from yesterday? Um, was it your first game for a while? Did you take advantage of the football for a fiver offer? Was it your, your first one that you've seen for a little while? And will you be coming back after seeing that? Uh, anything like that, let us know. How are you feeling about the relegation battle as well? It's uh, it's going to be topsy-turvy, as we know, until the end of the season. Uh, anything you want to say, get in contact with this evening's show. And, and uh, towards the end, we've got the final of our... A little sequence of interviews we've had from the 80s night the other night. Another Cholton legend, uh, a man who's been in and around the club for 35 years now, Bob Boulder, uh, spoke to Terry a couple of weeks ago. So that's a nice interview uh, to, to end the evening with, which we'll hear later on. So no highlights, Terry, but let's talk about the game then. Straight away, we yeah, get to dive straight into it. How did you feel? I mean, it's sort of probably just as well there's no highlights. Um, I'm not sure we'd have been any better than the, <laughs> the Blackburn guys. Uh, it was a weird one yesterday because um, we had... Uh, um, the uh, visually impaired channeled into our commentary as well. So the, the, there's a lead that goes into our box when the um, normal commentary team would do that. I honestly thought you were going to say in our defence. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> there's like several links in those. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so um, the normal commentators couldn't make it, so uh, we were drafted in to, uh, to, to assist in that. And so we had to carry on commentating, even though we knew... I'd say 99.9% of the people that would normally listen couldn't because they were they had for some reason best known to the uh, to the technophobes uh, behind the scenes uh, they channeled the Blackburn commentary onto the uh, onto the stream instead of ours. Um, but we had to commentate anyway in that first half and that was reasonably depressing. Mm. Uh, and it was, I mean, some you know people may not agree with me necessarily, but um, we didn't cope with the first half conditions. Clearly, uh, I mean the balls were, were that were that were being um, sent down the middle and down the sides, Pierce Lockyer and, and so they just couldn't handle them. Uh, and Blackburn, I think, mastered the conditions in that first half better than we did. Second half, when we had those conditions in our favour, you could tell that we were on the front foot and we were the ones that were imposing ourselves. But we didn't manage the conditions in the same way, and we didn't look like, uh, with the exception of that one save from Cullum, wasn't it? I think the second half. Um, we didn't really look like we were gonna we were gonna turn them over. Uh, having mm. said that, I think if we'd have got to go back, uh, and I did pose that question to Lee Bowie as well. If, if for example, Taylor's header had gone in just for the end of the first half, if that had gone in, if one of those chances that we did have and we didn't have many, to be fair, <clears throat> in the second half would have gone in with fifteen twenty minutes to go, could have been a different story. Mm. But we just didn't look like we were going to do it. I found I found it was quite a strange game because we started we started lively. Yeah, I'd yeah, say the first, the first fifteen minutes, I think most most would agree that we looked quite quite decent. And I was thinking, here we go, you know, a bit of momentum from that that win over at, at Forest on Tuesday. But after Blackburn started to take a bit of a stranglehold on the game and they got their two goals in particular, then all of a sudden, I mean, the crowd's knocked for six, aren't you? you you're, you're on a you're feeling a bit down after that and therefore any other chances we create after that it's just a frustration that they don't go in because I mean there's an argument that there was quite a few chances in the second half you know with the possession we had in that second period I don't think we created enough but there were some openings so I don't know if I've just become a little bit immune because 
from the Stoke performance or, or some of the displays we've seen at times this season. I mean, I don't put that anywhere near on that level. Um, but at the same time, clearly it was a frustration, frustrating afternoon. And I mean, judging by some of the, the messages that have come in, I mean, people aren't feeling too good about it. And when you, once you've gone 2 nil down and you don't get that goal back, you, you're just going to look at it as a whole and think, well, overall, it, it wasn't enough. Yeah, definitely not one of our worst performances of the season by any means. I thought Blackburn came here and played very well. And, and as Terry said, handled the conditions probably better than we did. Um, and they're a very good side. You know, they're pushing for the, the top six at the moment. Tony Mowbray's a very experienced manager. They've got some good players through that team, like so Stuart Downing, people like that have been around championship and, and higher for a long, long time. So, yeah, it was one of those where... You could just tell, really, as you say, I thought we started the game quite well and then Blackburn just grew into it and their midfield really started to control the game and there was a lot of passing coming through the middle of the, the pitch and we, we didn't really seem to handle it that well, which which was frustrating. I think, from my perspective, like you, obviously, having been up at Stoke the other week, I, I can't really compare this performance to that because this was, was 10 times better than that. And also, being in the Championship, I don't expect us to win every week, whereas down in League One, perhaps you'd you'd lose a game and you'd be a bit more frustrated. So I know we are going to lose games against good teams, but as you said, I think the, the frustration for me comes that you get a great win away at Nottingham Forest, put in a really, really decent performance. And then to come back to home in front of a sellout crowd and all that expectation coming into this game and then to put in a performance that's just a little bit flat really is is where the frustration came. But as you said, that second half, I thought we, we created a little bit. It wasn't enough to get back in the game, obviously, because we didn't score. But yeah, it definitely wasn't our worst performance. And there are there are definitely positives that Boya can take. Whereas I think after that Stoke game, it was a case of, right, forget about that and move on. Whereas I think here there are there are things that they can take out of that game and work on this week. Mm, I mean, let's look at the, the, the goals themselves. Obviously, the most important part of any game. Uh, John Buckley giving... The visitors, the lead, was it just before the half hour mark, 29 minutes? I mean, he got the ball on the left-hand side and you're seeing him cutting in and you're thinking, just don't let him get a shot away because anything can happen from the edge of the area. But he did get the shot away and sure enough, it seemed to take one, maybe even two deflections that's taken it away from Dylan. Uh, he, he almost gets down there, he almost recovers, but it's too late and, and it slips in. And, you know, you, you're just disappointed that a player could seem to have almost a free run of the edge of our area because any any championship footballer shooting from the edge of the area has got a good chance of scoring. Yeah, we got overloaded <clears throat> down our right-hand side. Matthews uh, had to make a decision. Amari Bell was, uh, was I think, the, the guy who was uh, overlapping on the outside of, um, of Buckley. And Matthews had to make that decision. Does he does he go to the ball or does he follow the uh, the overlap? And he and he went with the, the second one and allowed Buckley then to to step inside. And then of course you, <clears throat> if mid if midfield hasn't come back to help, the defenders have all got their own players to mark. So there's then that decision: do they leave the mark their marking player who could then be slipped in by Buckley rather than his shot? So there's that decision to make. And, and by the time they make that decision, he's got his shot away. And to be fair, I didn't I didn't actually see who who got the the final touch, whether uh, whose backside or leg it came off of. Somebody went and made the block, but unfortunately didn't get enough on it, and it and it deflected past Dylan. That's um, down more down to the midfield not coming back and helping out um, uh, Matthews in in the first place for me, uh, and so. Um, it, it was a sloppy one to give away, and, it, and it's crucial as well in a game like that. If um, uh, you know, in, in those conditions, if we if we defend properly, it's nil nil all day long, isn't it? Mm, yeah, and the first goal in like like you say in a game like that where where we had started reasonably well, and I think it's probably fair to say that Blackburn has started to control the possession by the time that they they did score. But as soon as you go a goal behind and you're chasing, um, then then you're always going to have problems, especially at home. Yeah, and I 
I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I don't see us as a team that make that many comebacks. There probably are been a couple. Um, but I feel like we're a team that if we get that first goal, the confidence floods through that team and we're able to control games quite well. Um, whereas when we do go behind, certainly in the games I've seen, I think we struggle then to to really claw our way back in. As I say, we have done it a couple of times, Fulham being a good example. Um but yeah, it was disappointing and as you've both said there, the nature of the goal to concede was just sloppy because, you know, sitting up in the north, you see him cut in and you see him cut in, you know he's going to try and get a shot away and usually around the box, we're quite good at defending those sort of uh, sort of plays and, and forcing them back out and forcing them back to the halfway line and we just didn't really do that. As, as Tell says, we got overloaded on that side, there were some decisions that players had to make and ultimately he gets that shot away and the shot wasn't even a good one but as you say, it just takes a deflection and, and wrong foot deals and I don't know, it's uh, with the weather and the, the conditions and everything, it was a goal that sort of just summed up the general day really because it wasn't, it wasn't like he's pinged mm-hmm. one in from 35 yards into the top corner, it was just a miserable grey sort of finish as well. So yeah. yeah, it's just so frustrating because as you say, you go into that game and you start well and you think, here we go and there's a big crowd behind them and then just to, to concede like that, it's just uh, yeah, really annoying. And um, as I say, after that point, although we sort of huffed and puffed in that second half, I thought even after that first goal, we didn't really ever look like getting back in the game for me. Yeah, looking at games where we have come from behind this season, I think you got West Brom home and away. We we got a point, Barnsley away, Bristol City at home. I don't think there's there's too many more in there actually where we've gone behind. And uh, so by my reckoning, I, I think Bristol City at home might be the only time we've gone behind and gone on to win. I'm mm. sure people can correct me if I'm if I've missed one there when when just going down the the fixture list. Now the worst thing to do after conceding one goal. Uh, it's going to concede another. I mean, the free kick in the build-up to it was... N- I, I still can't understand. I think it was Lockyer who was who was penalised. He, he seemed to get the ball. I, I didn't see a foul in there. No, it was nonsense. I, th- I actually thought it might have been Davis, but yeah, I mean, it could have been Lockyer. Um, mm. It was nonsense, free kick. But, and somebody made a valid point uh, on uh, on Twitter, actually, this morning I read it, that um, <clears throat> the referee probably still had it in the back of his mind that he might have had to give the penalty. Yeah. Oh. And he bottled that. We'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> right. so he's, complete, he's completely yeah. bottled that decision and therefore thinks he owes yeah. him one. Although, I having said that, having well. watched it back, oh, well, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute because, I mean, when the free kick comes over. Um, we should have defended yeah, it. Yeah, Tosin Ad- no, no. Adara Bayayo. That's a real. I'm quite pleased we weren't on commentary in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I went for about 20 different variations yeah, of that. I mean, uh, <laughs> completely unmarked. Dylan Phillips was fuming. You could see you, you yeah, don't expect yeah. someone to be able to volley home from six yards out, and, and he was allowed to do that. I think there was a combination of everything. Um, a, the defender should have dealt with that better. Um, B, I still maintain. Um, uh, the six yard box is the goalkeeper's area and perhaps he should have come for it but at pace it's a tough one I know it is um, and you're just probably grasping at straws to try and blame somebody but bottom line is we didn't defend it as a team we didn't defend it properly uh, and that's just really disappointing mm. I mean, but I mean how many times um, that's another stat I think that we need to check how many actual goals we conceded from dead ball situations yeah. it's, a that, that's a frustration long. Tom because uh, I mean a dead ball situation as I think it might have even been you said the other day that's something you control that's something that you know, you, you know a ball is going to be whipped in, then you should you should be set up to deal with it. You shouldn't let your runner get the wrong side of you. Definitely not as many times as we have this season. Uh, it was a good ball in, uh, you know, into that little corridor, but we definitely could have defended it better. And Bose has said it himself, not just the times I've interviewed him, but when you listen back to any of the interviews Tell does, where we conceded from set pieces, and unfortunately there's been a lot of it, those interviews this year, he says it's it annoys him because they work on it every day in the training ground. And we know the work Jacko does from an attacking sense. Um, on set pieces so we know that that talent is there in terms of controlling it I don't know if it's lack of concentration or or what it is but 
it is it's so disappointing again and to finish that game with a set piece and a sloppy goal for that that opener to lose like that in the way we did it, it's just a real shame particularly with the sellout crowd that we had and I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit later but yeah we should be able to control that better and I mean what is that it must be about well into double figures the amount of goals we've and, conceded and the year, double whammy with that is that he didn't even get his I mean he's about seven no. foot tall and it wasn't his head he got, no. to, he got to the ball he, he got there with his foot yeah I mean, so, we should be letting yeah. that in should we nah. I mean, so let's talk about it now because you mentioned it Tell the, the penalty shot before so <laughs> yeah, the so ball's good. gone over the top now for my initial reaction when I was doing my, my comms I said that's going to be a penalty because I saw Pierce go down and take him down on the replay I think there is an argument oh, no, that, I agree. that Samuel's put a, yeah, I, too much pressure on, I agree. on Jason Pearson. That's how he's got the wrong side I of him. Th- but the thing is, I mean, my instant reaction was that it was it was a pen. And I, I think I said it at the time, you won't, you won't know because nobody heard me. But um, I'm pretty sure I said at the time, unless there's a shout of um, uh, Samuel pulling Jason Pearce back, which is why uh, Pearcey fell over, uh, ultimately, then it's a penalty. And the replay sort of gives... It, I think... There was enough in it for the referee to bottle it, as I said. There yeah. was enough in it to, for him to suggest and to say that Samuel gave uh, Jason Pierce a tug. I'm not sure there's enough to bring Jason Pierce down, to be fair. Uh, put it the other way, if that if that had been on, uh, against us, you know, going in the opposite direction, I'd have been fuming, I think. Yeah, you would have thought it was very, very, very soft. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, it was a couple of times we've seen that recently where, where Jason's... Uh, either giving away a penalty or being lucky not to give away uh, a, a penalty. I think that's something he'll probably be thinking he, he might want to work on a little bit. Is his grappling or or, or or challenging within within the penalty area something that at times has left a little bit to be desired? Yeah, I I'm surprised he hasn't already. Um, I think it was after Preston, wasn't it? He gave away the penalty, and we spoke to him after the game, and he held his hands up, <laughs> not put them round us, and said, uh, "Yeah, it was my error," but. Then I remember Stoke away last week, me and Lewis were there and every corner there he was hands all over the the attackers and clearly that's his method of defending and I think perhaps in in the lower leagues you you maybe get away with it a little bit more but in the championship you just don't unfortunately and there are are bits of his game that are are tailor-made to the championship and and he's put in some really good performances this year. So to then concede, I mean, that should have been a penalty yesterday, in my opinion, but to give away the fouls that he does from that sort of behaviour, it's it's not really good enough. And it's one of the issues we had. I think someone emailed in the other week about whether we need to strengthen at centre-back. And I, I definitely think we do. And as I say, there is a role for Pierce, but, it, it, you know, the quality of the players now, they're that little bit quicker and that little bit stronger. And I don't think he can really handle it. I think, um, I, 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 I agree entirely, I think um, Tom's spot on pretty much and I think the, the issue here is, I mean Jason Pearce is a fantastic defender mm. and he's not the only defender in, in this country, in, in any division, that pulls and tugs and grapples people at corners and free kicks. They all do it and yeah. until such time as the referee, instead of stopping play and saying, oi, don't do that, just let it go and then give a pen. Uh, because if there's a clear foul in the box, just give it a pen. Don't tell them not to do it. Just They know not to do it. They should know not to do it. Just give the pens. If they keep doing it, then they'll stop. Eventually, they'll stop. The point, I think, here is that, um, I mean, Jason Pierce has come up from League One into the Championship. It's a, it's a whole new ball game. The, the, the strikers are a lot quicker. Mm. Uh, the ball moves a lot faster. I think Jason Pierce, when he doesn't have to mark one-on-one, is is a superb defender. Mm. Times his, his tackles fantastically. His position's great. He reads the game superbly. Yeah. I think he has to. We have to, as a team, allow him to be that sort of covering defender that isn't like one on one against anybody. Mm. So he can sweep up if you like behind. I mean, behind we, we, and with we, a three, you should be able yeah, to. I was going to say we try that with a three at the back. I mean, mm. you often get 
Uh, it's something that comes up for debate quite a lot, the three at the back. But I've seen us play it away from home and it's worked. And I've seen us play it at home where it's worked. Um, I always go back to the Derby game. I'm certain we played that formation then and, and we, we outplayed them. Sometimes we're set up well to soak up a bit of pressure, let the other team have a little bit of the ball and then try and hit them on the counter. Um, obviously, with perhaps with some of the players missing yesterday, maybe with Johnny Williams missing and Andre Green, like that pace up front that we didn't have uh, yesterday, that didn't really come to fruition for us. And I guess that could be one of the reasons why we didn't perform to our very best yesterday. I think so. For me, it's that transition when we do get the ball back and the notes I've just put on the team sheet here. McGeady, I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit more, um, given it was his, his first day, uh, first full game. Didn't think he did an awful lot. David Davis himself was admitted, didn't have the best game. Cullen was very quiet, although, you know, does what he does. But there wasn't really that that attacking flair in the midfield to get it forward. And I thought Lyle Taylor was largely isolated. But Hemed again played okay, not as well as he did at Forest, but he's playing a little bit better. But again, where we are in the league, we haven't really... I think Boya said it after... Was it after the Stoke game? He said that the quality that we've got in this team, they can't have a bad day if, if we want to win games. And unfortunately, yesterday, too many players, they didn't have a bad game, but they were just slightly off it, you know, five or six out of ten as opposed to seven or eight. And it makes a big difference when that goes through all the team. There aren't many people really that I look at and think they, they had a good game. I thought Naby did all right. Um, and that was really about it. So yeah, it's uh, that formation can work. I think in an ideal world with everyone fit, I'm not sure how often we play it because I think Bose probably still prefers that diamond. Um, I know we've kept two up front the last few weeks, either with the five, three, two or the diamond. I think that is helping. And when Mac is back fully fit, it was great to see him yesterday. I think him and Lyle, probably will will be a big factor in in helping the attacking side of the game as well but yeah I don't think the the three at the back is necessarily a bad thing because as you've both said there you've got Pierce doing what he does you've got Lockyer maybe somewhere in between and then you've got Naby Sar with the kind of culture and the ability to get the ball forward so I haven't got a problem with that per se it's more the the midfield in front of them yesterday were just a a little bit outplayed, I thought, by by Blackburn's midfield. Hmm. I mean, look, looking at Hemed, then, do you do you think he's the right? I mean, he wouldn't be the first choice option, I think, if if Bond was fit or if Andre Green were, were fully fit, because there's not a great deal of pace in that in that front two all of a sudden. I think the um, it's I don't think it's, the question should probably isn't is Tommy Hemed a good player or not, because clearly he has been a good player for for other clubs and he, <clears throat> uh, Forrest. He, he, I thought he was superb in some of the hold up play Same. and uh, and the goal came directly as a result of the way he turned defenders and got tackled but even so um, I think the question is um, you know when Lyle Taylor first came into the in, into the club and first started playing for us he had uh, yeah, Carl and Grant beside him uh, and those two hit the ground running and played each other superbly and played uh, played the played the channels really well. So when one went down the channel, the other one went straight to the box and vice versa. And so the defence wasn't sure who was going where, couldn't cope with the pace. Tom Ham is not that player. He just isn't. He's, he's not a player that will sort of um, run into the channels at speed. Um, he's a different kind of forward, different kind of striker. Um, I think uh, Tom's right. Maybe uh, Andre Green is that and Macaulay Bond possibly as well. Um, and so... When those two are fit with Lyle Taylor, we might have a different beast up, up there. But um, until that happens, uh, again, Tom's right. Lyle Taylor was, was cutting a fairly forlorn figure out front, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. um, and if you can't use him properly, um, and we are missing that link play between the defence and, and attack. You know, we, we've got you know we got good midfield players in there. Um, if you, and I'm not necessarily talking about Alfie Doty because he's more of a wing back, but you know you've got Josh Cullen, you've, uh, David Davis, and, uh, and McGeady are all good players. You know, all good players. But you know, the likes of Williams, who, who does does that link up play much better. And the one surprise for me yesterday was that um, 
that uh, Ostermer didn't come on. Yeah. Uh, for for someone like Doty, because I thought he's he was if if anybody on the bench is likely to do it, it would be Aaron Ostermer. Maybe it was too late by the we time. We said the same. Yeah. By the time uh, the decision was made, we were already two down. Uh, and maybe it wouldn't have suited the conditions, the windy conditions. I think that midfield as well yesterday, that's probably the first time they've played together. Almost certainly is. I know Cullen and Davis will have played, obviously, in the week. But that midfield three haven't played as a three before. So maybe it's just a case of getting used to each other as well. As Tell says, is a great player. Davis, I think, already looks like he could be quality. But they're just adapting to a, to a new team. So that might take a little bit of time. And as I said, same point about Hemed. We haven't really got a lot of time. And, and that's the only concern. But... I think Williams hopefully will be back next week. Erhan obviously on the bench as well. So we just need one of them, I think, in there at all times. And I think um, Prattley as well we're missing because um, uh, I don't think Davis's game is getting into the box quite as much. No. Whereas, uh, I mean, Darren Prattley just gets everywhere, doesn't he? <laughs> he's, just, he's just a machine. And um, we, we, don't seem to have, we don't seem to have those midfield players appearing in the box in the last few games, even against, even against Forrest, to be fair, mm. um, that, uh, that we've had in the past. And, and I think we miss that. Yeah, I mean, with Aidan McGeady, then it was his his first start for a long time. I think the last time he played for Sunderland before, you know, he, he sort of fell out of favour uh, or had or had some sort of falling out with the, with the management. There was was back in November, so I mean, he it is going to take him a while to pick up match fitness. And I don't know, he he wasn't he, he looked a bit slow perhaps mm. yesterday, a little a little bit laboured in possession. But we all know we've all seen him play here last season for Sunderland. We know that he, he can be better than that. And and there's definitely a player in there that we're still waiting to see the best from. Yeah, he just looked like a player that hasn't played a lot of football. Um, I mean, in, in my notes here, I've written anonymous. I think that might be a little bit harsh because I don't think he was completely anonymous. But when he did get the ball, he just looked slightly off it. As I say, I, I think you could say that about a lot of the players. But you know, his touch was just a little bit heavy. He was just a little bit behind the play at all times. But as you've just said there, that is going to take time to get up to speed. We've seen it the same with any of our players. You know, Jake, I remember playing the first game of this season against Blackburn away. Um, had an okay game but looked a little bit slow but then picked up and picked up because obviously he'd had a long time out it's the same for Johnny Williams whenever he's been injured and comes back so it does take them time Um, I know there's a good player in there as you say we all know what he's capable of I know he's not getting any younger but I think he could make a real impact over the rest of the season but he's another one that you know we need him to get up to speed quick I think yeah, certainly. I mean, Bo did try and change it at half-time, went to that diamond that he likes, bought on Matt Smith, the Man City Loney for Jason Pierce, switched it up a bit. Um, he was involved actually quite quite soon, Matt Smith. He had that shot that deflected into, I can't remember if it went wider, into the goalkeeper's arms. What did you make of him? He hasn't had too many minutes yet, um, Tell? I think similar to what Tom said about uh, Aidan McGinney, it was... It... <laughs> I don't know, we've been sport a little bit with the likes of Conor Gallagher, haven't we? Um, and uh, you'd hope that Matt Smith would be a similar style of player, but he isn't, uh, obviously. Um, and I, I, I think yesterday's game is probably not the right game to judge him on. Uh, and even the cameo appearance he had at uh, Forest, very difficult to judge what type of player he is. I hadn't, I hadn't really seen him before, or haven't seen him before, so I'd, I'm still not really sure what type of player he is. Because when he first came on, he looked like he was going to be wired, and he played some nice little balls down the side, um, and he looked, oh, this could be interesting. But then he sort of dropped deep to pick the ball up. Uh, and then once he started doing that, I thought the effect disappeared as well. Um, so it was very difficult to judge uh, what sort of player Matt Smith is. Um but he's a Man City player, so you'd expect him to be half decent. Um, and maybe it's just unfortunate that he's, in, he's coming to a side that wasn't playing very well. Because you know, I just 
don't, as I said earlier, we didn't cope with the conditions in the mm. same way that uh, that Blackburn did, and got bullied a bit. Uh, and so two 0 down, it's a tough one for him to come in and try and make a mark for a what eighteen, isn't he? Yeah, 18, yeah. Well, I it's, think it's a tough ask. Is it fair to say there was some improvement after after the, the break? We, oh, we, we had a few chances. Definitely. I mean, we, uh, other than those first two shots we had in in the first couple of minutes of the first period, and then I mean that great save from Christian Walton from from Taylor just yeah. for half time. I think there was there was probably a, lot, a like a thirty minute spell there where we didn't look like we were going to score. In the second half, I felt we were getting on the ball and it just seemed to be breaking down, didn't it? Maybe towards the edge of their area. A long shot from, from Cullen, a header from Hemed quite early on in that second period that was deflected over. Like, so you just need one of those chances to go in and the whole spirit, even if we went on to lose 2-1, I'd say people would have felt we'd, we'd actually given it a go there because we were pouring forward, but we weren't creating enough, I think. Yeah. That seemed to be how, how that second half went. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. And even we got to about 75, 80 minutes, we were still, Lyle had a couple of free kicks, didn't he, as well? Mm. And yeah, it only took one of them to go in, as you say. The, the complexion of the match would have changed. I think we were in the ascendancy, but but not probably by enough. Um, so yeah, there was a definite improvement. As Tell said earlier, we had the conditions then, so the wind was obviously blowing towards that end. So we started, uh, that obviously helped us a little bit, but... It was just one of those days, really. There were just not enough players quite at it. Um, and you're right, we kind of huffed and puffed and got to the edge of the box. And then there wasn't really anything from there. I thought Lyle struggled a little bit. I don't know if he's a little bit tired at the moment or if he was just a bit isolated. It could have been that. Um, Hemed, we've already spoken about. Um, so I think, yeah, it was just one of those days, unfortunately. But as I said a little bit earlier, I think there was enough positives from it that Boya can take that into training this week. We were saying in the car here, obviously, that the game against Luton is a must-win. Um, I suppose they all are now, but you you would expect to get a result there. Although I know they they beat Middlesbrough yesterday, I think, didn't they? So, um, but that's a game that you know this week Boya would have been targeting three points from from that game, I would think. Um, so yeah, it's about working on that this week, and mm. obviously he's got a full week to do it. I think this week, so that will help as well get some players fit and hopefully he's got some more players to choose from on, on next Saturday yeah it's crazy that result for Luton up at Middlesbrough yesterday yeah. I mean I'd, I had completely the written them off yeah. yeah I mean we're going to talk a bit more about the, the relegation battle overall uh, in a few minutes so I think it's time we hear from Lee Bayer um, don't forget we're going to hear from you guys as well you can have your say on this evening's Charlton Live you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at Charlton Live or head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, if there's anything you want to talk about on this evening's show yesterday's display um, you know how you're feeling about the relegation battle that we're we're in still um, I asked Lee Bowie yesterday if he thought he was going to go down to the wire and he said I hope not because we've got leads on the last day of the season but he did say he trusts his players will get enough in it um, enough points between now and the end of the season so that we won't be involved at the very end uh, if that's uh, the, the case but anyway anything you want to say and don't forget we're going to hear from Bob Boulder uh, later on on this evening's show but let's hear from Lee then he came in to speak to uh, Terry after yesterday's game uh, and was talking about a bit of a difficult afternoon for his side yeah I think we started better than them uh, first 10-15 minutes and they got a goal and then uh I think for the, the remainder after their goal, they was better than us. Then they got the second one from a set piece. Who I don't think it was a foul personally. Um, but again, it's got to defend our box, you know. And uh, change it half time, going two 0 down half time. Well, that really, they did. It's not like. They done anything special, you know. They just they turned us around a lot, played the conditions, the experienced, and 
they've done a good job on us. I'd say that Tony and and, and his group have come here and done a, a good professional job. It's sort of what I was getting at. I mean, as you say, the, the, we sort of switched off with that free kick when it certainly wasn't a free kick. I don't think anybody in the ground thought it was, except the ref. Um, uh, and then for the first goal, similarly, sort of allowed the man inside and let him mm. get a shot away. Um, <clears throat> so we made two mistakes and they, they punished them. Second half, when the conditions were in our favour a little bit, we put them on the back foot, but they, they, they dealt with us a little bit better. Yeah, we, we like I said, in the second half, we made some changes half-time and... And then we huffed and puffed, but we just didn't really break them down. Uh, again, bit of quality in the final third, and decision making, and their keeper made some good saves. Um, so, but that's his job. We have to try and create chances where he can't save them. And uh, normally we we do that. There's not many times we we don't score in a game. So, uh, yeah, we have to take some positives that we kept going and, and kept fighting and uh, improve on the negatives Do you get the feeling that uh, had one gone in had we got that one goal yeah. back then it might have been a different story with the Pact Valley and uh, yeah. momentum in our favour Yeah I said to the players half time get one that's it you go on and win like, and, I, and I honestly meant it I meant that sincerely because I knew if we could manage to get one in, in the first five minutes we, we had a couple of half chances didn't we but just wouldn't go in for us and uh, if we would have managed to get one of them in I think we'd have gone on and won the game I think our crowd then gets even louder and they get under a bit more pressure and then I, I think we we go on and win but we didn't get that first one and unfortunately we, we end up coming away with nothing it's sort of the chant way, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> you've been yeah. you've been around the club long enough, uh, Lee, as a player and, and a manager, mm. and we have as fans that uh, we put in a, an epic performance on Tuesday night, uh, and then we come to a full house uh, here at the Valley, and we just can't uh, we just can't turn it in. It no. just happens to be the charm way sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's highs and lows, isn't it? <laughs> it's always been that, this way at this club. So, uh, most important thing is that we we take the positives from today. There was positives. The players didn't give in, and they kept going to the end. Um, we have to work on the negatives and, and dust ourselves down and come back next week come back next week and I have no doubt that the, the, the crowd will be cheering and uh, the players will give 100% and all we can do is, is keep trying to pick up points probably say this between now and the end of the season but it's uh, going to be a huge one next Saturday obviously uh, teams in and around us are, are always crucial and Luton uh, obviously there there's been some more strange results today as you've probably yeah. already seen yeah. <coughs> and so we can't rely on those results we have to uh, we have to rely on ourselves I guess yeah. starting from uh, next Saturday don't worry about what others do it's about what we do uh, so yeah there's going to be a lot more twists and turns yeah I think that there's teams that are above us they're going to get drawn into this as well. I have no doubt. So um, all we all we can do is is concentrate on what we're doing and, and, and keep trying to pick up points. And um, all we need to do is get as many points to, to, to get us safe. And and then looking forward, and then we have to start pro, uh, getting ready for next season. But firstly, take each day game as it comes because. Every single game from now on in is going to be tough. You've got head options on the bench, which is a plus point uh, compared to previous uh, previous months of this season. Uh, one that wasn't there, though, was Johnny Williams. Um, mm. Can you expand on, on that? I know you rested him last week, but uh, yeah. problems? Yeah, so obviously you rested him Tuesday because Johnny's one of them players who's a bit 
risky, you know, if he goes Saturday, Tuesday. So I just said to him, look, get yourself ready uh, for the weekend. And um, unfortunately for us, on Thursday, training, him and Macaulay got their legs tangled together and Macaulay fell on Johnny and Johnny's foot was still stuck in the ground and he's twisted his ankle. So I don't know how serious it is, but that's that's the way he's gone for us, I think, <laughs> yeah. this, this season. So, uh, But we, we, we have AD as well. So um, I think he showed good glimpses. Uh, and, and I see him in training the last few days and he, he looks like he's once we get his fitness up a bit then then yeah he, he'll do a good job for us as well so but yeah disappointing that Johnny's out but we don't know how long for yet on the plus side Andre Green <coughs> who uh, who was a doubt and obviously didn't make Tuesday mm. good to see him back on the bench so uh, it's not all doom and gloom with, uh, with some players back or most of the players now back no no there's Andre's back and he, he gives us something different up there so uh, yeah I was, I was over the moment when he came got through yesterday's training so he was able to be on the bench tough one to take today Lee but uh, obviously on the next Saturday and uh, another one of now I think it's 13 left 13 big ones left to go yep and we have to keep fighting for every single one and uh, we do that then I'm, I'm sure we'll be fine it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, Pierce is there, Bowers with a header, and it's Joey! Yes! 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 Oh, oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Joey has scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Guess it! Come on! What a time yes! to be here, are you? Wembley! So welcome back, this is Charlton Live on your Sunday evening, coming to you live from the Valley, where unfortunately yesterday Charlton were beaten by two goals to nil, one football for a fiver, David just heard there from Lee Bayer, keeping everything in perspective, um, I mean he was frustrated, you could see yeah, that it's, after It's yesterday. not an interview that's going to cheer you up necessarily, nah. is it? <laughs> yeah, even when we win though, it's not really, <laughs> no, that's, point, that's yeah. the running joke on Radio <laughs> London, is that Bayer sounds so miserable, but he's, he just thinks about what he's saying. Um, and you know from the curb score of never get too high never get too low even when we scored the winner at Wembley you see that little video you see him running down the touchline he just remembers himself doesn't he and gets calms down a a little bit Um, yeah I mean he's take the positives from it and like I say there were there were some to take from yesterday but he knows he will look at the the 
parts of that game where we have to improve again. And obviously set pieces is one of them, but there's a few things where we were just a little bit slow. I'm just wondering, um, and I was looking at the, the fixtures and the, um, results, and obviously early on in the season we, we got um, uh, two occasions, I mean we were unbeaten in August. We had a couple of back-to-back wins, but not since then we haven't had one. Mm. Um, and especially when we play midweek and then f- and follow it up with a Saturday game. Uh, so I'm just wondering uh, whether that's that's just an issue now with a tiring, tiring and, and fairly small squad that that's uh, that's going to be the case. So um, hopefully now we've got a full week uh, and similar to what we did at Forest after the Stoke performance, he can uh, you know the whole team can conjure up uh, a uh, a bounce back mm. against Luton uh, yeah. because we do need that result, don't we? Oh yeah, that's going to be huge. Uh, we'll preview that properly on Thursday. We might even talk a bit more about that towards the end of this evening's show. Um, one of the things that Lee mentioned when I spoke to him yesterday. Um, he said he said he thought we looked a bit nervous. Tom, uh, he singled out singled out Alfie Doughty, who, who perhaps looked a bit overawed by the occasion. And the occasion being, it was football for a fiver. It was a sellout inside the home ends. I mean, obviously, there's quite a few people it seemed that were put off by the by the wind and the rain and, and didn't make it. But there was a crowd of twenty five thousand in there. Um, our record in these football for a fiver games is particularly disappointing recently now there's it's it that's the state obviously you know i said off air that's yeah. the question i was going to ask because somebody mm. somewhere must have a stat about that oh yeah i mean so we've we, we haven't won any of the last six and we haven't scored in any of the last I knew five you'd have it. well no it's cfc it's cfc facts and stats oh, okay. tweeted yesterday i don't i just remember what, he, what they tweeted earlier um now i mean i i've always loved football for a fiver i like the fact that more people come in uh, i like the fact that people who perhaps don't can't afford to go to games because football is an expensive hobby um, you know, it's addictive as well. It's like a drug. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for young family for, for to bring youngsters. So you're not sure if they're going to enjoy it for the first time. Some people will get. There was a great message on the Facebook group I saw earlier where someone, you know, saw people moaning, but they were able to bring. I think that's their granddaughter or something or their daughter. And even though we lost, she loved it and she wants to come back and she wants to wear a Charlton kit today. Um, you know, so even if even if we lose, I still think it's a great opportunity. But at the same time, there was quite a lot flying around yesterday. Uh, people said, oh, there's a bloody plastic in my seat, which is a phrase I don't enjoy hearing. Uh, you know, people moaning about the fact there was a bigger crowd and there was bigger queues for stuff. Um, it, clearly, it wound a few people up and it didn't help the fact... If, if we won yesterday in front of 25,000 people, you remember that Huddersfield game where we won mm-hmm. 3-0 in, uh, a few years ago? I mean, people would have loved it. But, I mean, Bayer's... Bayer's comment about the nerves. Do you think? Do you think a larger crowd can affect it? Cause we did. We did say on the on 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 Thursday show that when we played in front of a big crowd against Doncaster in the playoffs, we actually looked very nervous. Um, and we don't know if that's the fact there was more people here or the occasion itself. We were going to get to Wembley. Um, do you think that could have played a part yesterday? I think it definitely could have. Yeah. Um, players are creatures of habit, aren't they? They're used to a, a routine and and get used to things. I remember when. I think it was when Spurs moved to Wembley for a little bit whilst they were building a new stadium and someone on, on the radio was saying how you get used to things like where the advertising hoardings are and like you get your perspective on the pitch based on certain things. So without sounding a bit stupid, if you're used to you know patches of red seats where there aren't that many people in the, the stadium and suddenly it's full, it's just going to be very different. So if we were selling out, selling out every single week, those players would be used to it. But it probably does make a big difference when you when you go down there and suddenly every single seat is full. Um, in terms of what the fans think, uh, you know, I think the more the merrier. Um, I think it's a great initiative. I mean, obviously, I, I brought six people down who aren't Charlton fans but just came for the day. There's going to be people like that, but there might genuinely be people who come along and and as you said, get get addicted and get hooked and start to come more often. And 
for that, I, I think it's a really good initiative. Um, but yeah, I think nerves absolutely could play a part. I was going to reference the Doncaster game as well. Obviously, as you said, it's slightly different circumstances in in terms of what was riding on the game. But that day, we we definitely looked nervous. And I thought we did a little bit yesterday as well. Just a little bit hesitant on the ball, not really making the right decisions enough times. So yeah, I think it's just one of those things. As I say, if they were playing in front of that crowd week in, week out, they'd be used to it. But when you suddenly almost double your attendance or, you know, add five, six, seven thousand on, it, it is going to make a difference. Of course it is. It's probably a big danger that quite a few came yesterday. Won't be won't be that tempted to come back. <laughs> well, well you say that though, but I mean we've we've been doing this initiative for a while now and the kids for a quid and, and various other things. Uh, and I'd say look <clears throat> and I had this discussion with London Indigues who, who, who listens to the show Mike. Um that uh you know, if it wasn't for those types of initiatives, maybe our hardcore would be about 2K less than it currently is. Exactly. So uh, I don't mind them. I get why people sometimes don't like them, and the atmosphere does take a bit of a hit. Definitely. Uh, although us not playing playing very well probably didn't help either. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so um, I get it. I get both sides. Um, I'd like to see maybe some slight changes to, to, to the way I do it, you know, because we've done this now for a while, and some season ticket holders get a bit of the ump because, as you say, people end up sitting in their seats that shouldn't be there and all this sort of stuff. So rather than... Upset existing season two holders, maybe you know, give them an incentive. Uh, so as when when there's a football for a five a day and you've got uh, loads of different people, then every season ticket holder maybe get a free pint. You know, what I mean? just something uh, that says yes, we uh, we want to draw these new people in, and yes, it's cheap. But as a reward for as a thank you for being a season ticket holder and coming week in week out, is a free pint. Do you know what I mean? Something mm. something that helps all. I don't know, but because. Um, you know we are we're not in the Premier League. Um, we've lost a huge amount of fan base uh, over the last five five or six years because of uh, the previous ownership. We need to drag it back in the same way as when we were at Sellers and then came back here. We needed to bring that fan base back, so we had to do initiatives to make sure that uh, we could fill the place. Yeah, um, and I think that's the same now. We're in the lower reaches of the Championship. Uh, would that um, would that game have been sold out if we hadn't done the the, the incentive? Absolutely not. No. Um, would would now people be saying, well, the the, the atmosphere is rubbish because it was an horrible day? So after people that would normally turn up didn't bother because of the because of the wind and the rain, so we ended up playing in front of ten thousand instead. Do you know? What I mean? So there's there's lots of ifs and buts. Um, I don't think it's um, personally anyway. Uh, I don't see that there's any negative in in bringing people uh, putting bums on seats mm. uh, because they might just come back. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned we're in that bottom end of the championship unfortunately we still are I mean was it last week we were saying it's a two horse race between us and Wigan to, to fill that third relegation spot I mean that's changed quickly in the <laughs> in the course of a week after after Tuesday's win you're thinking right that's it we're done <laughs> and then all of a sudden it, it, it turns I mean some of the results that the sides below us picked up yesterday I mean Barnsley going to win 3-0 at Fulham I mean it sounds like Fulham have had a, a few off days this season but I mean that that is an unbelievable result um, good performance from them. Luton beating Middlesbrough one 0 I mean, they rode their luck at times, but it sounds like they look they look quite good. Um, Wigan getting a not a bad point away away at Cardiff. You know, there, there's there, there's teams below us that I've written off in my head, mm. and all of a sudden they're they're getting they're they're, they're giving themselves a real chance. And you've got the likes of Stoke. I mean, they were tuning up at QPR before imploding, and then uh, I mean, what did Huddersfield do? They drew one all as well yesterday uh, at Derby, so that's not a bad result. I mean, so there's there's so much life left in this relegation battle, and you know we, we'll have to do what we did on Tuesday, Tom. Pick up the odd result here and there, and we just have to hope we pick up enough because it's. I mean, do do you fear it's going to go down to the wire? Ask Lee yesterday. Do you think that's going to be the case? Do you think we're going to pull away before then? Still no, no. Uh, we get relegated with three weeks to go somehow. I've <laughs> I've not once thought we were going to go down, and I and I still stand by that. 
Um, and as I said the other day, that might be stupidity, but we'll we'll wait and see till the end of the season. I think just looking at the table, there's only nine points between 24th and Borough in 18th. So I think any of those seven teams reasonably could go down. Um, I just don't think one of them is going to be us. I think I've seen enough from this side and obviously the game against Luton is, is going to be another huge one. We've got Wigan second to last game, which is going to be huge. Still got Borough to play, I think. We've still got Huddersfield to play. I so, think Borough um, have got. Is it Borough got Wigan next week? They? They've got somebody in it in the, in the frame. So I mean, everybody's yeah. saying about uh, well, Bar- Barnsley, Luton, Wigan. Borough at Barnsley next Barnsley, week. Barnsley, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Um, so if Barnsley win, that's not great for us. But then it also keeps Middlesbrough, yeah, you know, in the frame for uh, for going down as well. Mm. Uh, and I don't think Hull and QPR are completely mm. out of it. Yeah. I think that forty-seven points that Bowyer set. I think that's probably the right sort of ballpark and I definitely think it's achievable mm. based on what I've seen so far this season I, I definitely think we can do it so yeah. no I'm I'm still very confident we're going to at home to Millwall as well so we need them to do us a favour yeah, like uh, when's that ever happened yeah exactly well no, <laughs> never uh, no, right. and, Millwall, and Millwall are a good side so and I don't think um, unlike, them, unlike, well, unlike Fulham they're not likely to roll over mm. uh, to to another side I mean they still they might get beat of course but they're not like I mean if, if Barnsley have sneaked a 1-0 win a bit like um, what uh, Wigan did at, uh, at Leeds you can probably think well okay yeah, that can happen mm. but to dunk them 3-0 at their place I mean that's just unheard of some of the goalkeeping in that oh, game I did was watch it, remarkable yeah. I was watching it last night the, I think it was the, it was the second goal where the keeper where was came he? At, at Craven Cottage <laughs> no no I mean yeah, yeah. well he wasn't yeah. he was halfway down the table he was in Hammersmith <laughs> while, uh, while the keeper oh, it's unbelievable uh, right let's have a look at some of the tweets uh, that came in yesterday um, you can still get involved with tonight's show as well uh, email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at charltonlive or head over to the charltonlive for him uh, got a few questions and a few comments to come in man in pants says I'm in my pants uh, what is in them was better than yesterday's result <laughs> that's uh, too much information I think yeah uh, Ev says seriously I thought we gave it our best shot uh, we weren't good enough to beat a good Blackburn side our players are getting near to full match fitness uh, and will be enough to get us over the line onto Luton and that is a must win game um yeah, can't argue with that. So, London Eagles, then a question for you boys. Do you think that the feel-good factor from the takeover is rapidly disappearing, Tell? Um, no, I think um, the, uh, Johnny Jackson signing his contract yesterday uh, carries the, the feel-good factor going. Um, I think, you know, we're in danger, I suppose, of, of mixing um, the, the feel-good factor, if you like, of, of the takeover and, and just not playing well. Um, and we're going to get that. We're going to get times where we're just not going to play well and lose games, as we did yesterday. Um, yeah, if you'd have asked that same question after the Forest game, it would have, you'd have had a pr- completely different answer, probably. So, uh, I'd like to think not. I'd like to think that's still the case. I think we're uh, we're still in the in that hiatus, um, and uh, we just need to to win enough games to keep us in this division, and then then see where we go from there. Uh, mm. And it's a tough ask, it is. But we knew it was going to be a tough ask at the beginning of the season, regardless who owned us. Yeah. Um, and uh, that hasn't changed. Yeah, I mean, the, the feel-good factor is only ever going to extend a certain amount of time and then you get back to the nitty-gritty of what's happening on the pitch. <laughs> and, when, and when what's happening on the, on the pitch is a, you know, a bit of a flat display and a defeat in front of a big crowd, then that's going to that's gonna colour how you're going to feel for the, for the rest of the week rather than the fact that we've got new ownership and that Roland's no longer here because I mean you know they've done what they they've done what they've done in in January that they, they, they've got the manager and, and and the assistant manager now onto onto contracts there's not a great deal more for them to do between now and the end of the season really other than keep up their engagement and then they have to deliver in the summer I mean they've they've probably been given a bit of a free pass to just 
you know, ha- have have an average window or an, an, an okay window. But now, what happens in the summer is when they're going really going to be judged. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think uh, the expectations obviously changed during January. But if yesterday's result happens under Roland, people are moaning because it's Roland. If it happens under ESI, people are moaning because they haven't bought in Messi and Ronaldo. So, look, a performance like that isn't going to please anyone as a Charlton fan. So. Yeah, the summer is where they'll be judged. I think there are two massive things. I think recruitment on the pitch and then I think how they price all of their season tickets and tickets for next season as well because obviously they'll be wanting to get more people through the door again next year. Um, and I think actually that's one of the few things that Roland did okay with was some of the pricing, particularly in the North Stand, to try and get that as full as they could and, and keep that nice and cheap. But um, I know some of the complexity around it was was baffling. So if they can get a good strategy, get people to be renewing and buying season tickets, if there are any initiatives they can start to introduce to get people to bring more people along, then that's a positive. And then, as you say, the recruitment on the pitch has to be right. And obviously, Steve Gallen is still the man in charge of doing that, which is which is excellent from our perspective. And hopefully he'll just have a little bit more weight financially behind him to be able to bring some some good calibre players in. So... Yeah, as we've all said plenty of times on this show over the past few weeks, now it's about getting through to the end of the season and then let's see what ESI do then. And then by you know Christmas, middle of next season, we can start to judge how they've how they've got on, I think. Yeah, right, Daniel Trafen said that Blackburn bossed us yesterday. They played us at our own game. We have to move on. Spencer uh, says another disappointing performance. One step forward and two steps back. The Luton game is a must win. We need to start... Lyle Taylor and Macaulay Bond uh, and says even worse than than, uh, than yesterday's performance is the fact that I actually work with a Blackburn fan that's not Ooh. good Spencer don't you have Blackburn mates as well Tom or? yeah he came yesterday yeah. yeah he was out with us but um, he was alright about it yeah. shake of a hand and that was that so. oh, that's good we've won the last two I think against Blackburn so, so you still got the, the yeah so I've still the got the upper rise. hand just, yeah. I know we've still got that Klaus Jensen goal against Brad Friedel <laughs> which I wind him up about on a weekly basis yeah. uh, Andy says uh, that the five pound seat offer does bring in a lot of plastic fans I mean that's not a phrase I, I particularly <laughs> like because I mean not everyone can afford to go every week not what everyone wants to go every week if we're being honest but people support the club in their own ways there's, there's people like us who, who go to every game or if they can and yeah, you know, some people. By you that token, you'd have to say that. Uh, do you say that every person that uh, doesn't come every week is plastic? Um, yeah. And I would say no. Uh, if they've got Charlton in their um, in their mind, uh, then that's how we all start, isn't it? You know, just mm. uh, we all have to come to a game from time to time. If they then get to the position where they can come every week, buy a season ticket, and then contribute to the club, great. Um, and if uh, if some people, some fans think that uh, these are plastic. If we do get to the Premier League, oh, yeah. my word. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, this is Charlton we're talking about. I don't think you can really be described as a glory hunter for turning yeah. up to, to Charlton versus Blackburn. The atmosphere, you know? I know the Doncaster game was obviously a huge game, but that was a sellout. And the atmosphere that night was absolutely incredible. I've never seen anything at, like it. 40-odd thousand at Wembley. Yeah. You know, they're not going to fit in, uh, into the valley every week, are they? So, so the, the atmosphere yesterday was partly down to the fact the weather was crap, partly down to the fact the performance was crap, and partly down to the fact we lost the game. So... I understand part of what they're saying because yes. obviously there are people who are going to maybe not know who David Davis is or Aidan McGeady because they don't come every week and that's that's going to happen and if you're here every week and you've seen all those players then I, I understand why that might be a little bit annoying because you think well 
but you know they've got to start somewhere. And and as I say, when this place is full, it can create an amazing atmosphere. Mm. But that it was, was a lovely sight to see, though. You have to. Be, yeah. Yeah. It always is when, uh, it's when, full. when when the valley's full. It's it's an amazing looking. Yeah, I mean it's an amazing looking place anyway. But when it's full, it's great to see. Yeah, certainly is right. Fred says it was a predictable home defeat uh, after a very good win in the week. Absolutely missing Connor Gallagher. It's a crying shame he wasn't replaced. Uh, and a good solid championship centre half ball in as well uh, in January. How many defensive midfielders? Uh, do we want Dave says uh, it was underwhelmingly moist yesterday <laughs> I, I enjoyed well, that one yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sammy says it looked like we didn't fancy it in the rain our formation left our fullbacks exposed uh, we missed Prattley in the middle Buckley cut in far too easily to score the first goal which took about three deflections and was unla- unlucky for Dylan Phillips uh, we need to defend set pieces better as well and we must win on Saturday John says Blackburn were very good I thought uh, said to the bloke next to me before it started that I thought we a bast too long over the Forest win and we were underprepared. Uh, mind you, their goalie was very good as well. I mean, it's, it's so easy to, for it to have been a bit different yesterday if one of those chances had gone That's in. That's a fact, yeah. Yeah, Matt says, uh, if playing like that, we uh, deserve to go back down to League One. Uh, Alex Norris says the formation was wrong. Uh, they had the midfield uh, with R3 at the back, uh, changed it in the second half and it was more even. We had chances, but the game was already gone uh, by then. Luke Bradley says, I got wet, I couldn't see any... any, any, any ooh, excuse me, I'll start again. I got wet and I couldn't see any of the goals because Mowbray uh, was stood in the way. That's a frustrating football, like football for a five and just stare at Tony Mowbray's arse the whole time. <laughs> Although, yeah, no, I'm not going there. Yeah. <laughs> well, some people might be up for that. Um, Sebo says, uh, I think we uh, did try, but Rovers were very good on the day and you have to give them credit. Uh, I don't think it is worth hammering the lads too much uh, for that, but making sure they learn from it in a positive and constructive way, which I believe they will. At the end of the day, on our part, it was just that lack of quality rather than effort onwards and upwards we go. Um, Sally's looking forward to hearing the interview with Bob Boulder later on. Uh, said that she uh, met him in a few games ago in crossbars. He's an absolute legend. He came over and had a chat with us and nicked one of my daughter's chips as well. Yeah, that sounds like Bob. Yeah, do they not, do they not feed him? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Ross uh, said uh, that he thought Aiden McGeady shouldn't have been subbed off because he was playing well. Um, I think it's more to do with his, um, his fitness and tiredness rather than yeah, <coughs> anything else, I yeah. guess. Uh, uh, Garmi uh, says he's trying to think of something that rhymes with a certain word so they can read it out on air before he's, he gets in That's contact with the show. Uh, Ian says, is Hemed really our first choice strike partner for Lyle Taylor? Tom, do you think he would be first choice once everyone's fit and firing? Absolutely not, no. But having said that, I think some of the criticism of him, particularly in the last couple of games, has been a bit over the top. I think he was was very very good at forest from what i saw his hold up play was great um and then yesterday he he got in some good positions again i think he hasn't really had enough of a run in the team and i think this is the first time really we've seen it but i would also caveat that by saying that you're as a striker you're in there to score goals and he obviously hasn't done that for us yet so no i think for me it would be macaulay bond and lyle probably and then having green on the bench or if you're putting green on them macaulay on the bench i think that's just such a good option to have and mm. I think if we're all being honest, it probably hasn't quite worked for for Hemed here. But as I say, last couple of games, he started to show a bit of something. But I think unfortunately for him, we'll probably be introducing McCauley back into the side all green and then he won't kind of get a chance to get himself up and running. But um, no, he's not someone I'd be looking to sign long term or anything like that, Mm. I don't think. Hendrix says three points uh, out of six from Forrest and Blackburn. To be fair, I would have taken that all day long. Let's keep the faith. Uh, S. 
McLennan says uh, there was no pressure on the ball in the middle. We didn't play the conditions either. We all like nice football, but a 2-0 down with the wind, Bose should have just gone direct and made it uncomfortable for them. ESI and the team are also exposed for not signing the new dominant centre-back uh, we so clearly needed. I mean, I mean, midfield was where we went in the January transfer window. Tell, do you think we could have... Could have done with getting another centre half in. We've got we've got a few in there. Darren Prattley can play there as well. Yeah, if, if I'm not so sure. I mean, um, you know, the, uh, normally the crux is to try and get um, players who can uh, who can uh, specific to to your needs uh, and who can cover more than one position. But in this particular case, when they knew they were losing Conor Gallagher, I think that was the, the priority. And pretty sure, I don't know how much common knowledge it is, but the the, the main target for that replacement then became unavailable. Mm. And so we couldn't get who we were after, and so um, either we settled for nobody or just settled for what we had because you know literally it uh, it, it sort of changed overnight just before the uh, the end of the transfer window. So, um, and <clears throat> I've seen that player that they were after, and he was a good player. Name names, Harry? Come on. No, 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 no. Nah. I don't know how how much common knowledge it is, yeah. but um, uh, so the target they were after, they couldn't get. Yeah, uh, which I think would have been been a massive difference to this side. Yeah, that's a shame. Right, Martin says, uh, easy in hindsight, but Boya got the midfield wrong. McGeady shouldn't have started ahead of Ostuma uh, after his performance at Forest. The constant tinkering of the midfield is frustrating. Uh, also, why he started Hemed uh, when Green uh, fit is utterly baffling uh, when we saw how good a partnership Green and Taylor were against Barnsley. I'm sure that's a fitness thing because oh, yeah, Green's been, Green with his uh, knee problem. Um, uh, McGeady is an impact sub for Martin. Defensively shambolic for both goals. McGeady barely lifted a leg towards Buckley for the first goal and Pierce and Saar uh, for the second were like Keystone Cops uh, yeah Martin not too happy with the defending there Tim says evening all have the club made any statement regarding the fight in the crowd in the North Upper G block before half time punches were thrown and the stewards stood watching for several minutes doing nothing surely that needs to be investigated so called uh, both the so-called fans and the lack of a response. I, I, well, I've not I heard of that. See it, yeah. no, I've not heard of that before. I, saw, I heard some screaming at one point. I don't know, but I mean, obviously, I'm, we, we're not really near enough to to understand what was going on there, unfortunately. Well, but, I mean, it, you know, if something went on it hmm. and people want it checked, they should report it to the club, yeah. for sure. For once, Terry wasn't involved, is what <laughs> we're trying to say. Uh, Richard Justin says, what did people make of Davis, uh, McGeady, and uh, Matt Smith, I felt we missed Prattley. Uh, Anne Williams does not look a very positive uh, regarding Fields' inju- uh, injury as well. Yeah, Sam Fields still mm. uh, doesn't sound good. Uh, I'll be surprised if we see him again, unfortunately. But, I mean, he's going to a specialist to- tomorrow to find out what's going on with his now. I mean, we've talked a bit about M- McGeady and Smith. Um, Davis, you mentioned once or twice, Tom, but overall? I thought he had a bad game yesterday, but... I thought when we saw him up at Stoke, I thought he got that early booking, which obviously I think he's going to get most weeks probably, given the way he plays. I thought he looked all right up there, though. Um, Obviously, just had to be a bit careful because he was on a card. Then I thought he was good again at Forest. I think what he gives us in that midfield is that strength. Um, And I think I said it the other week that he's got a little bit of Prattley and a little bit of Cullen. I don't think he is as good as either of them in those particular bits, but he's got a nice balance um, in terms of his strength, winning the ball back and then trying to then play the ball forwards as well. Um, he needs to be a bit careful with his aggression. I can't remember if it was him that gave the foul away for the free kick. But um, yeah, I, I don't think yesterday was a good game from him, but I, th- I think there's a very, very good player in there. And we saw how upset Birmingham fans were when he made the move over here. And I think already we've seen what he can offer this team. Mm. 
Uh, right, uh, Tony out in Spain says Bar- against Barnsley we played well against Stoke we played poorly against Forest we played well and against Blackburn we played poorly there's a, p- a problem with consistency uh, and we can't seem to continue good performances from one game to the next I'm not really sure what the solution is let's just hope that we can sort it out I mean why, why do you think we are so point. inconsistent Tony? I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough one to put your finger on because I mean we haven't won consecutive home games this season, I don't think. Uh, <clears throat> I, I alluded to it earlier. Yeah. We've, and after August, where we'd uh, not been beaten and we won back-to-back games twice on two occasions, we haven't done it since. Uh, that originally was down to squad depth and, and injuries, and I'm, I, you know, I guess we're still re- trying to recover from that because players are still coming back. Um, you get the feeling that um, you know with the fixtures coming up, uh, and we've got uh, Luton Saturday, Sheffield Wednesday midweek, and then Huddersfield. The opportunities there, and then Middlesbrough straight after that. Um, if, uh, if we're going to do it, if we're going to do it, it's going to be in that, and then Hull, Hull City straight after Middlesbrough, um, and then QBR in a midweek. So there's the opportunity there, with you know, with all due respect to the sizes that we're playing. But uh, Luton, Sheffield Wednesday, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, and Hull are all teams not a million miles away from a Sheffield withstanding. Um, now's going to be the time. Yeah. To try and to try and uh, get at least uh, one, or if we can get one back to back, so it means two victories on the on, on the spin, then that puts a huge, you know, gives us a huge um, lift for a start, and it puts you know puts us a long way to to try and secure in championship. Yeah, if we can get thirteen back to back, might might still well, that'd be title, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right, Jack says it's a great assessment of the game, guys. Cheers. That's from Jack out in Florida. Very nice. Uh, good for getting involved, Jack. Uh, Gadge says uh, we should never do the football for a fiver as it's cursed. <laughs> Instead, we should try football for six. <laughs> yeah, just, just add a quid. Yeah, add a quid. See if that works. Yeah. yeah, Tim Ruffle says uh, Bob Boulder penalty save against Wimbledon at Selhurst was an absolute highlight of his mm. career. Can you remember wow. that one, Tom? Yeah, I do remember it. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure Bob would call it his highlight. To be honest, no. no. No, maybe because it was a seller. I don't know, especially because it was a seller. It isn't a highlight for me. No, it's, it's, it's still an important save, I imagine. Uh, right, Mike says, uh, good show last year's Mike, uh, on football for a fiver, I saw a mother taking her daughter to the game. I hadn't seen them at the game before. For me, it's great as it's getting people uh, who wouldn't normally come into the ground and spending money. Uh, right, Child Exile says, you've said it all, uh, Ari, yesterday, but here's a question with Johnny Williams. Is he too injury prone? Yeah. Or do we stick with him for next season, Tom? Outrageous! Yes, yes, yes. I mean, the answers on it. The, the injury he suffered <laughs> yeah. this week, Macaulay it's, Bonds it's falling on him in training, I and mean, that could have happened to anyone. Not happy with Macaulay, I have to say. <laughs> um, we knew what we were getting when we signed him. He, he's had this throughout his whole career, unfortunately, um, and it's no surprise when you watch him play because he gets absolutely yeah. clattered about eight or nine times a game. So, yeah, it, it is frustrating. It's something you have to accept if you sign him, but. You know, I think for me, the quality he gives us, even in the half a season that we're able to get out of him every time, it's just it's so important. We said yesterday on and the car on the way here, we said yesterday he he was missing, and you could just tell that what he offers in terms of driving forward, winning free kicks, getting in dangerous positions, tearing up defenses. I think he's an absolutely brilliant player, and personally, I mean, I would sign him up for life. But <laughs> yeah, I think what he can give us in terms of his attacking threat is is just so you just can't find it that many that many players at that level um, in the championship and combined with the fact that he just seems like a genuinely lovely bloke as well. Um, he's someone I'd like to stick around, but the injuries are an issue, unfortunately, and it's something you have to factor in when you build your squad. But we've got Erhan now who can fill, fill in. I know they're not quite the same sort of player, but there's been a lot of performances recently where Erhan's played where I think he's looked pretty good as well. So, 
yeah, we've got options in that midfield for sure. I think uh, there's got to be a case for uh, making Johnny Williams train on his own. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. No impact training at all in yeah. between in between games. Yeah. It's the only way. <laughs> See if we can yeah. put him out in one of those. Because you know, obviously, big... there's probably not enough cotton wool to wrap him in. Yeah, uh, like Zorb football. Can he yeah, yeah, they like, yeah. 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 You just get the feeling he'd get injured in Zorb football yeah. as well. Yeah, 100. Charlton said uh, himself. Uh, first ten we were good. Then Blackburn took the game to us and dominated us in the middle of the pitch. Our passing was terrible. We just couldn't get it going. Hopefully, we'll mm. see a totally different display on Saturday. Uh, enjoying the show. Keep up the good work, lads. Yeah, cheers for that. 100. Charlton Phil uh, was hugely uh, disappointed with the result yesterday. Can't think of anything positive to say about the match on or off the pitch. There were a lot of five-pound idiots in the North Upper who'd had plenty to drink, some of them even fighting each other. Women screaming, kids crying, much prefer the kids for a quid, uh, which encourages family, not drunks and idiots. 40 years a fan. Uh, Sorry to be so negative, but all round an awful uh, experience for me. I guess, yeah, there's always a danger when the tickets are a bit cheaper, you get some people who are here purely for for the drink and not for that. But yeah. I'm sure that you know, if what was there, there's probably what nearly six or seven thousand extra people here yesterday. I'm sure the majority of them weren't weren't fighting. It's just a shame that there there were some. As always, the risk of football that, that, that came in and ruined it. Right, Tom says, uh, excellent show as always. Cheers, Tom. Uh, shame about the result yesterday. I think this season is going to be like this uh, from now on in for the run-in, taking uh, the opposition into consideration. Six points out of these four games is relatively good, especially whilst maintaining a healthy advantage over the rest. If we can perhaps get three or more point, uh, three or four more points this month, uh, then I think we've had a positive February. Perhaps I'm being too optimistic, but we are maintaining this advantage over the bottom three. And I think mentally, uh, this will give us the mental edge uh, as the weeks go on. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. We've still got a few more of your messages to come to. And don't forget, we're going to hear from Bob Boulder uh, later on during the show. We'll see you in 30 seconds. on it now chip ball looking for the run from Williams ball. what a good ball that is what a great run from Williams Charlton trying to get in the box there's McCauley yeah! what a goal what a finish that's a superbly worked move by Charlton great ball by Naby Sarr to pick out the run of Williams a great run by Williams ball into the box behind a little bit the derby defenders trying to make it back McCauley Bond met it on the floor and struck it past Kelroos who had no chance and after six minutes Charlton are up Right, so welcome, welcome. That ended very suddenly, didn't it? <laughs> welcome back. This is Charlton Live uh, on your Sunday evening. Going to hear from Bob Boulder shortly. But a few messages on the forum. Uh, Barry's uh, saying that our Thursday night show uh, jinxed Saturday set of results for us and the bottom three. I did say that you know this could be a real chance for us, and I read out all their difficult games they had. And that's come back to bite me on the bop bop. But um, he then adds, uh, are there any progress on the contract offers to Phillips, uh, Doughty and Saar? Um, I haven't heard anything since. I imagine Phillips will have a few suitors. I can see that because he's, he's been very good so far this season. Doughty is a youngster. So you'd hope, I mean, that I'm sure anyone who's seen how well he's played might think he'd be worth a gamble. Now, Saar will be an interesting one because obviously he's on probably quite a lot compared to most well, of the Well, the rumour is that he is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he refused to talk to you about it, didn't he? Yeah, I asked him. So I asked him on uh, uh, well, Tuesday, Tuesday, wasn't it, up yeah. at Forest, because uh, he came out to speak to us. I'll see if I can get that clip up while, uh, while we're still here. Um, actually, I won't be able to because I haven't edited it. But basically, 
Uh, not that he didn't swear or anything. I just haven't, <laughs> haven't cleared he didn't up. Punch but, you or anything? No, did I just no. I just asked if um, uh, if if he you know if he'd thought about his future yet. All right, let's do this. It's going to sound really messy because I haven't edited it. Okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get it up for you on here. So you're gonna hear him talking there. Of course, away from from go. this evening, talking about your you and your own futures. Am I right? I'm thinking your, your contract sort of is that coming to an end at the end of this season? Have you had a thought about what what might be coming next yet? That's not the subject tonight. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's not the subject. We're just talking about the game tonight. So I thought it fairly pointless even trying to follow up question there because you know he, good, I mean it's what I love about Navi. It's not, it's not just that he, he can produce uh, you know one of the sexiest passes in football. Uh, he can also basically tell Louis Mendes to shut up without actually saying shut up. <laughs> he made it, he made he made me he made me feel good very about politely. myself. Yeah, very nicely. <laughs> I was like, oh, cheers, Navi. That's right. And then so I walked away. I was like, oh, I didn't say anything there. That was not a very interesting story at all. But it, he's in a difficult position. He won't he won't talk about it yet. And whether whether he stays or not. Is up in the air, if we're being honest. Um, yeah. It'll be a tough one. We've had this debate a couple of times, obviously, because I think that centre-back debate has come up with, with the likes of the conversation around Pierce as well. Um, for me, if he was happy to take that wage cut, he's someone I'd still like around the building. I think what he offers us at this level in terms of his, his culture on the ball, you saw it yesterday. Um, as I said, I, I had a few mates along yesterday who you know come to the occasional Charlton game but aren't necessarily fans and they all said that the class he's got on the ball is just so much above a lot of our players funny enough someone someone sat behind me yesterday saying I, I could hear him speaking to their family said oh don't tr- that's Sar I don't rate him <laughs> how funny yeah it's weird isn't it but, but yeah but I mean I mean he probably splits opinion amongst hardcore Charlton fans who come week in and week out as well uh, for me as I say I, I would have him I know he's got that defensive frailty sometimes in him but as Tell says when you can put a cross in like that right on Lyle Taylor's foot that's absolutely fine mm. by me if he's going to make the occasional mistake yeah. just don't do it at Wembley next time yeah. <laughs> I'll take him mugging me off every week <laughs> if he if he puts in that cross more than once right man Don Kranastas uh, I thought Blackburn deserved the three points yesterday sure their keeper made some good saves uh, but our overall play was not the best we can blame the football for a fiver we can blame the poor weather we can even blame the refereeing decisions but the excuses now have to stop the Luton match on Saturday is massive I'm hoping that Prattley is back to start the match and that Hemed goes back to the bench as he looks about as likely to get a goal as Josh Parker. Uh, tactics and substitutions have got to be spot on, hoping that Johnny Williams uh, will be back. Well, a, a twisted ankle, you never know how long that, that's going to be really. Bert Palmer says that the fans bar should be season ticket holders only. I got there for 12.30 and I couldn't get a seat. It's outrageous. I mean, yeah, it's certainly become very popular. Uh, I know Amy couldn't get in, my other half couldn't get into the, to the game after uh, the game uh, yesterday into the bar because there was, there was too much of a queue. Uh, but I guess that was a big crowd as well um, right um, Mutley says that sometimes it's just horses for courses we lacked any real creativity and they set up solid and dealt with the conditions better uh, and their recent form made them a confident team we did have chances Taylor should have headed it downwards when he had his uh, it was a good save but in the uh, the best place to save it Cullen's shot was decent but most keepers uh, would have saved it as well I do think Ostuma would have helped us offensively uh, but we will never know I don't think uh, we should be getting too pessimistic we have an important game on Saturday and we will be slight favourites favourites win that and all of a sudden things will start to look rosier right Robert says uh hi guy uh hi guys my son found a bag including wallet and credit cards etc in the upper west after yesterday's game uh we gave it into the main reception uh so if anyone lost a bag uh get con- in contact with the club right Dan says uh, hi guys love the show cheers Dan uh yesterday was disappointing but I don't think it was a disaster we were fair- fairly beaten by a solid Blackburn team uh, that are just outside the playoffs uh, this is championship football we're not going to get a win every week let's not forget we have players that are back now uh, who aren't quite fully fit the likes of Bond and Williams etc uh, we're five points clear of the bottom three 
with some very winnable games coming up. The performance wasn't our best, but certainly not our worst. We forced their keeper into some good saves, and I can't think of too many saves that Dylan Phillips had to make. Rovers took their chances. Luton is a big game next week, and I'm sure the squad uh, will be right up for it. David said, uh, evening guys. Uh, thanks, as always, for producing such an essential show, uh, show for all Charlton fans. Cheers. Uh, and then he says, real or plastic like me? I feel moved to email rather than tweet and apologise now if this comes across as a rant. The attitude on Twitter yesterday and for much of this season towards fans that don't go each week has left a really bad taste in my mouth. Uh, comments like, you, if you're not there, you're not proper Charlton uh, were typed by uh, were topped by numerous ones yesterday wishing that the plastics hadn't been there uh, and stayed away in the future. Espanya Addict did a great job of responding to them on Twitter, but I was interested to hear your views as I feel this issue needs airing uh, as we grow as a club as well. I mean, yeah, that, that's a, clearly a fair point from, from Dave. Um, you know, if, if we want more people to come, then we can't have people saying, oh, you're plastic, you shouldn't be here if you haven't been recently. It, it's almost a form of snobbery, I guess, but uh, I sort of see, this, um, see an argument for both sides, and, and for me there aren't plastic, there isn't such a thing as a plastic fan. It's just um, fans who, who can come week in, week out, and fans who can't, and that's just the nature of the beast. Um, I thought it was, it's much more uh, of an issue when you're in something like the Premier League, because I call them tourists, not plastics. You know, people who just come, and they're actually coming to watch the opposition rather than John, mm. and, and they're the ones that... Uh, that I'm not overly um, bothered with come back or not, but <clears throat> you know everybody has to be a fan some uh, and start being a fan at some point at some time in their life, and that can be when they're five or six, or, or when they're fifty. You know, it can mm. be any any age, can't it? So, um, and if it uh, if the, ex- the the point is that the the experience has got to be good enough, not just the game, although it helps, but because how many people do you know whose first game Charlton actually won? And I don't know that many. Mm. I mean, My st- first game, we lost. Yeah, statistically, it, it's unlikely. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so you know, I got hooked on on live football that just happened to be Charlton, mm. and then Charlton just you know gets into your bloodstream after that. Yeah. Um, so no, I'm not a huge fan of the, the term plastics. I, I get some people will get the ump because uh, you know if they do it too many times and you've bought a season ticket, it looks like they're getting in cheaper than you than you are. Uh, so I get that can be a, a an argument at some point, but you know. And I think um, a lot of people um, get wound up because we just generally tend to not win uh, on these sorts of games. And so you've got a culmination of, uh, of frustration that the game isn't very good, we lose, and you have to swipe out at something, and it just happens to be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly that. Right, Mark says, Evening chaps, uh, finally dried out and reflecting on the game. A lot of effort for no reward, no help from an inept referee in Lino. Uh, how they missed Nabby's handball in the second half was beyond me, but Blackburn <laughs> did a good job, uh, as Bo said. Second half was better. Uh, but I would have taken Locker off, felt Pierce covered him for too many mistakes uh, in times in the first half, and Hemed uh, should have come off as well. There's no chemistry or understanding between him and Lyle Taylor. Uh, Lyle found himself out wide far too many times when we did have the ball. Uh, there wasn't anyone lurking inside the box. We were better in the second half, but that wasn't hard. Uh, what we did well against Forrest, we did badly against Rovers. I think only Cullen and Doughty had good games, uh, but too many were having five out of the ten uh, games at the moment. Great to see the place full again, and, but sad to see a few idiots like the two sat next to me uh, I hope they weren't your twins. <laughs> they said uh, one of whom punched me in the back as we were leaving. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, sorry to hear that, Mark. Uh, Stewards stood ignoring their offensive behaviour all game. Uh, they're not welcome here. I personally can't understand the negativity of some who be- bemoan the £5 tickets. It will encourage more people, uh, even if we get another 100 that's 100 more uh, than we would have had. It's a six-pointer uh, next week. Uh, Tom saying, could it be a blessing in disguise yesterday? Uh, it would be easy to consider ourselves safe had we won yesterday, but we wouldn't be. Saturday is huge, and no need to pass 
panic is in our hands. I do wish we'd get another, we, we'd got another centre back uh, during the window though, as Lockyer looks tired, and we're never going to go with uh, Saar and Pierce as the, as the two centre halves. It might just be me. But I don't think that Boya trusts Deji at centre-back for whatever reason. Fourth from bottom is a success. Let's remember that and enjoy the ride that is the rest of the uh, this season. Anthony says, hi, guys. Great show. Keep it up. Thanks again. Uh, I just want to say I found it astounding the amount of criticism that ESI have come in for their lack of investment during January. Uh, comments blaming them for our current situation and others stating they don't actually own anything are naive and small-minded. The lack of investment uh, has been an issue for the past few years. I, th- I don't think they still own the... the ground or the training ground yet um no, but, think, but <clears throat> and, and it's funny because tom mentioned before about the summer being uh, being critical uh, and i tend to agree with that but i think just before that um you've got the the period whereby um esi then have uh, have um, got to stump up the cash for the ground and the and the training ground mm, isn't it yeah uh, that, i think that could be more that, critical yeah. Yeah, it uh, certainly is. Right, and then uh, Anthony goes on to talk about the, the players that have left, but ESI did bring in the likes of Green, Smith, McGeady and Davis uh, that made sense. Uh, yes, they could be seen as direct replacements, and yes, they're all loans, but we haven't committed to anything long-term. Uh, Bose has got the names on the list himself, and Steve Gallen would have discussed them uh, with Matt. He said ESI could have invested heavily, uh, and we could still have got relegated, and then we would be saddled with a championship wage bill as a League One club. For, as for ESI and not owning anything, Matt have gone public uh, on more than one occasion stated that they have a legal obligation to buy the Valley and Sparrows Lane why would they invest in redeveloping the great, the training ground if they have no intention of fulfilling uh, that we need to be patient and see what happens in the summer uh, he also adds he's not going to even start on the criticism that Dylan gets from some people on the show uh, other than to point out that he has the number one jersey at a championship club and I agree 100% there with Anthony uh, about Dylan Phillips yeah, I think he's very good Dave said why didn't we bring in an expensive coach for the uh, an experienced coach for the defence uh, Wally Downs kept up Wimbledon uh, or maybe an ex-Charlton player anything to stay up that could make a difference I guess interesting point I, mm. I, uh, I don't th- I imagine Bo's quite happy with the coaching setup he's got which is probably why he's got Jacko now tied up but it's not a bad idea when we are shipping a lot of goals at the moment Mike says um, I can't help but questioning why after working out uh, that we wanted a fourth man in midfield we went with three new players out of the four when Oz was on the bench why did we not why did we go with the new lad and not Oz Tuma yesterday I mean it's hard in is in hindsight you know maybe it was a fitness thing maybe he just thought I mean, McGeady could be I've more I've got to be honest it, it was a surprise to me when um, when Smith came on and not Ostomer if I'm honest it yeah, did, did me surprise too. me a little bit but then it's because I don't know Smith that much so I haven't mm. seen him play enough so I don't know what he can and can't bring and, mm. and maybe yesterday it's probably not the right uh, right uh, yeah. fixture to, to um, judge him on. Yeah, right. Doogie says uh, we didn't get the breaks on a tough day. Blackburn adapted better to the conditions. Uh, would like Prattley and Faluton an old head on older so- shoulders. Uh, feel like he's uh, young legs, yeah. Young shoulders, old head. Yeah, uh, feels like he's uh, a better option than uh, Davis. Uh, two massive games coming up. Uh, we need to win at least one. Destiny is still in our hands. Hopefully, Williams will be available for Saturday. Let's keep the faith. Right. Uh, let's hear from a Charlton legend. Legend, uh, Bob Boulder. Uh, it's been in and around the club for, well, 35 years now uh, as a player uh, involved with uh, hospitality on match days and, of course, working for the Community Trust as well. He was speaking to Terry at the 80s evening here uh, at the Valley a few weeks ago, talking about his connection with the club that, like I say, goes back uh, nearly 35 years. I signed for Charlton in 86, obviously. Um, but I'd uh, cut the other clubs in there, obviously, when I was AC Sheffield Wednesday and then went Liverpool Sunderland, but obviously Charlton 86 and right through to 94 
Now, for those who don't know, because um, we've spoken to you on many occasions yeah. and you've been around the valley and people know you're still around the valley, so your history is uh, almost woven into this place. Uh, but, well, that's nice, uh, yeah. You arrived after the club left. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, did it feel strange? I mean, obviously, you, you play, your playing days in the, early, in the early part of being at the club was, was at Sellers Park. Did, yeah. Was there a, a sense even back then that it wasn't quite right? Um, well... Not really, I've got to be honest, at the start, for, obviously for the first, probably for the first year, I was probably um, probably a bit selfish that I was just trying to get my career back together, really. Um, so, you know, I'd have, I would have played anywhere, as in what any, what any ground a club had, you know, I'd have played, but that's nothing to take away what Charlton done. They signed me, and I was, because I had such a couple of years out not playing, so my focus was to get back in the first team. Uh, and and to play, so it was very selfish. But then, obviously, once we had our first season and we did the play, we got in the playoffs, and then the build-up towards the playoffs. I think then we got then I got a taste of how important it was, you know, and the, the fans. And um, I suppose that we, we were in the first division when we were, the underdogs thing was was someone I always liked, liked fighting against, and uh, we were in that position. So, uh, and then the playoffs, and lucky enough, we won that, and then we, we cracked on from there, really. Now, probably you would have been involved, I would say, in two of the most important games in this club's history. Uh, the 87 player final against Leeds. Yeah. Uh, and the replay, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Which arguably, yeah. if we hadn't come out of that on top, may not have then um, gone on to us getting back to the Valley at all. Because obviously if we'd have got relegated then, yeah. the word is, and the, the consensus is, we yeah. would have, uh, we'd have struggled then yeah, and not have had the yeah. backing to get back to the Valley. Well, that's what it was. Obviously it was all that. It was... Um, it was I mean, it was a struggle all the time, obviously, at Sellers Park, and I think all the fans knew it, and obviously, Roger Orman and all the directors that, that were there, they knew how hard it was and, and how, Im- how massively important it was to stay up in the first division that first season, um, for obviously financial reasons, so, um, and obviously, winning the playoffs was massive, and that's probably, for me, it's probably the most important game, um, was because it's all about survival, wasn't it, and... Uh, had we got relegated, um, I mean, we we don't really know. We don't really know what would have happened. Um, obviously, the Charlton fans were were magnificent and they stayed with us all the time. But um, you know, what, would we have still been at Salas Park or would we have had to go looking for somewhere else? Because I think it was something like probably quarter of a million a season just uh, to um, rent the old uh, and hire the stadium, Salas Park. So, you don't know, second division, would we ever touch that, you know? But well, thankfully like, we didn't, yeah. Sounds like peanuts now, but back yeah. then, of course... It well, yeah, it was, everything was all just really massive money, you know, and then um, I think even when the playoffs, I don't even think the club got that much money out of it, really, to be honest. But obviously, that over the, the long period, the bigger picture was we, we were going to gain some money from staying in the first division, um, which we did, obviously, for the first four years, you know. But then as, a, as, as somebody who's been at the club for two of the most important periods... Uh, history obviously getting back to the valley yeah, yeah one of those yeah, periods yeah. and uh, and you're lucky lucky enough but because you deserve yeah. to be part of that side that, that got back in yeah it was, uh, it was and then obviously you know we knew once we went to the second division we went to upton park obviously we played over there and it was always on the lads minds about obviously it was always we knew we had a fair idea we we're going to go back to the valley sometimes um and it was Something was playing in your mind. He just didn't want to be injured, you know, and the, the build-up to the game and stuff. He wanted to make sure that uh, he was going to be involved in the game, really, because we knew how, how big it was for everybody and what a fanfare it was going to be coming back. And um, 
even though it's all poor cabins and stuff. It <laughs> didn't really matter, you know. So we we adjusted so well, um, and obviously the, the the icing on the cake and all that was uh, winning the game one 0 and uh, which which was always played on the last mind. We didn't want to lose it, you know. If we drew, within fair enough, but we didn't want to. Didn't want to lose our first game coming back to the valley. Did you manage so. to divorce the, the occasion uh, from, from? Yeah, I think we done. So. Yeah, I think we done really well. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't think we changed anything different than build up. I think we all just drove. We all drove up from where from our homes and stuff, and all came up. Um, but obviously, that's it. Just sort of very professional. Sat with Curbs and Gritty in charge and that, and um, obviously Keith was involved at the time as well. So we just uh, just focused on just doing the job. So we knew we were playing quite well anyway. So I think we had a bit of confidence about it. Just short of two hundred fifty games, I think, wasn't it in total? Uh, uh, well. Two nine six total with all the cup games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to be you know particular, but you know it's a two nine six. And yeah, I think uh, your presence at the club as you played, uh, you had that character about you, which you still got. Yeah, Um, you enjoyed yourself. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the underdog thing is always you know like a fight against. So I don't think. Um, being at the top of the league all season really suited us, but obviously, so we were building our way up, and we had a great, we, yeah, I think we had a great bunch of lads, and we all um, wrapped throughout my time really, and we got some good young ones came through at the same time, and it was nice to help them in uh, in the training and the way we sort of behaved ourselves. We had a good bunch of pros, and um, yeah, it was great. So obviously, um, '87 was the one, and then '92 back to the valley. Um, and then obviously 93 was was uh, really my last season playing wise so because so, um, I got injured another year out then I had to retire in 94 and that but um, yeah it was the whole thing was great and obviously the, the, we, had, we still had closeness to the fans which is really nice you know it wasn't like any separation so um, when we came off obviously the the portal cabins all in the car park with the wasn't even a players bar I sat it was just everybody piling in Two, between two and four hundred in the the bar after, and um, we're all still close together. Yeah, so it, it was nice. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, yeah. you're obviously you're still around the valley. You're still here. And yeah, on a, on yeah. A, uh, on a match day, people yeah. can still see you smiling. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's lovely. You know, is it, is it difficult to comprehend what it was like uh, uh, when you first came back to what it is now? Um, well, yeah. Obviously, the, the whole place has been built up. So lucky enough, I've been here to see it all. Really. Um, so I started obviously hospitality on match days. I started probably, uh, I think it's about '96, I think, uh, when we had portal cabins and all that and everything. So then we, you know, we got promoted to the first division. Uh, sorry, the Premier League, and our first season it was all in Lucker. Building was going on, and then we had sponsors in. But these lounges, all concrete and stuff, People and everything. See you on the match yeah. day, but you're not just yeah. here on match days. You do a lot of work for the trust. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm still full time for for the trust, uh, community trust, and I've been obviously been involved in that for probably the last 22, 23 years as well, which is which, which, which suits me. It's better than working. Can you, uh, can you put your finger on what it is about Charlton that uh, keeps in the blood and keeps you here? Right, as uh, to I think it's a people thing. I think it's just all the people and um, players come back and we see familiar faces and. Um, you know, it, you know the fan, it's a fan thing I think when I came to Charlton we had a lot of people um, over the training grounds you know um, who were pure Charlton born and bred in Charlton um, and you know they sort of the comments and what they used to say and everything like that it sort of implanted in mind how important Charlton was and obviously historically it was a, it was a massive club anyway as in crowd wise um, but it's, yeah it's, I think it's a people's game isn't it and uh, obviously the playoff that we went to end of last season, getting promotion was just amazing. Yeah, it was probably uh, 
you know, 50,000 all red and white at the end and singing. And it was a, yeah, it was really party. It was, one, it was a wonderful, no, no. For, for me, I enjoyed that more than the, the 98 one, you know, yeah. So I just felt it was more important to, to get back in because we've been sort of away from everything for a while and uh, to get back in the championship and be on the telly more and just people talking about us more. And yeah, I think it's brilliant. You know, it's more publicity and media. and It's good to be back in that, you know. There we go, Bob Boulder uh, here. To, uh, to end the show on this evening's uh, Charlton Live, we had, yeah, Sebo mentioned that he was one of the lucky fans where they won uh, his first game and won it handsomely, which okay. is good. Uh, that might be what kept him coming back because he hasn't left since. Uh, Amy uh, Amy says, we won her first game as well, Terry. 1-0 at Norwich it was, Bradley Allen. I'm she clearly says, talking nonsense. Yeah, she <laughs> says, guess, guess she's special and I have to say she is no, special. I'm not saying a word. As my fiancé, by the way, I'm not like just flirting outrageously with random, <laughs> random listeners. Nathan, yeah, yeah, only when Nathan's here. Right, we've run out of time on this evening's Charlton Live. Uh, thanks to all of you who've got involved. Uh, thanks to Bob Boulder there, who we heard from at the end, and Lee Bowie, of course, for speaking to, to Terry uh, yesterday. Thanks to Tom and Terry for being here. Cheers, Cheers mate. We'll be back here on Thursday evening with a big match preview to look ahead to what can only be described as a massive game uh, against Luton Town uh, next Saturday. So make sure you join us here on Thursday. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening to ton- uh, tonight's Chat on Life, and we shall see you later. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 